Chris, how do you tell the difference between a pagan and a neo-pagan? By setting fire to them and see if the velour sticks to their skin. Oh, okay. I'll be sure to give that a go at some point. Hello and welcome to the No Holes Barred Witchcraft Podcast. It's Liam and Chris, as ever. And this week we are going to be talking about children of the damned. Oh, you mean the... Who are the children of the damned? You mean those black-eyed children that come to the door? What, you mean Jehovah's Witnesses? Yes. Oh, no, I was thinking of the Neo-Pagans. Ah. Or more specifically, the children of Artemis. There is also the children of Artemis. Now, I don't know a huge amount about Artemis. Not someone or a being or a goddess or a spirit that I've worked with that much. But I'm presuming, based on what I do know... If Artemis was to give birth to said children, she would probably drown them at birth. What do you think? Well, she definitely would, and I can speak for Artemis, as I've spent a lot of time with her. Um, not okay. a big fan of children. Not a big plan. Mm. Not a big fan of men in general, uh, which is why I find it really okay. interesting that it, you know, you use the name Artemis for <laughs> for a group of people that are supposed to be these, you know, modern Wiccan kind of types that have a defined, divine ma- masculine-feminine arrangement, um, you know, yeah. like the good Yahweh intended. Um, where actually Artemis is probably not your best, uh, best kind of comment for that. Um, you know, yes, she is, interestingly enough, a... Um, a a goddess of childbirth, but that's actually about supporting women and not actually about giving birth herself, you know. She's a virgin goddess, after all. Right. So, does this sound like Artemis to you, okay? Children of Artemis is a UK Wicca and witchcraft volunteer-based non-profit organisation. We sponsor Witchfest. You remember that fucking monstrosity <laughs> we went to that time? <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, and other events throughout the year, such as Artemis Gathering and Witchfest International. We didn't go to the international one. I would imagine it would be a lot similar, though. Yeah. I think that's the London-based um, one. We also produce a magazine twice a year called Witchcraft and Wicca. A twice-a-year magazine? That's interesting. You might as well just write a book if you're just going to publish twice a year, but there we go. These are our aims. To promote an ethical approach to Wicca. Oh, for fuck's sake. I mean, seriously, does Wicca need any more fucking ethics? <laughs> um, in accordance with the Wiccan read... And it, this is a pri- this is a quote, and it harm none. Do what you will. Oh, so they're only using the last line. They're not interested in the entire Wiccan well, read. Well, this is the Wiccan <laughs> read. This isn't no Alistair Crowley shit. Uh-huh, this okay. is the Wiccan read, okay. right? To present a truthful and accurate view of Wicca and witchcraft to the outside world. Well, first start, they fucking fail at that. <laughs> I mean, read the first one. The first one is they promote an ethical approach to Wicca in accordance with the Wiccan read, and it harm none, do what thou will. They are a fucking fluffy bullshit. How does that present truthful and accurate view of, okay, it might create an accurate view of Wicca, <laughs> but it certainly don't fucking create an accurate view of witchcraft to the outside world, does it? It makes us look like a bunch of fluffy idiots that really need to be put into therapy. Yes. Do I need to continue? Should I continue? It's entertaining, so please do. To promote understanding... Shall I do a a wimpy voice? I'll do a wet white voice. To promote understanding (laughs) of the beliefs of Wicca witchcraft, which are... Wait a minute, look. 
to promote understanding of beliefs of Wicca and witchcraft, which are... So they're actually going to tell us oh now God. what witch, witchcraft stands Go for. Um, unfortunately, it's blank, so I can't really read out what they've put. But Oh no, wait a minute. We attempt to live by the Wiccan read, not harming anyone or anything by our actions or lack of them. <laughs> <laughs> these sound like these vegans is that what did you just did you just ad lib that did you just make that up no it's literally there they can go on witchcraft.org and look up children of artemis we take personal responsibility for our actions okay so just i want i want to insert to res- something there so that taking okay. personal responsibility for their actions that there is yeah. your times three karma. So the return, oh. so the actual putting in writing and agreeing to receive your just desserts is what that modern idea of Wiccan karma is. That rule of three is that there, where you are saying in contract, in your, is that your belief dictates well, that you get punished. Chris. It says that their aims are... I don't know if they're actually managing to fulfil any of those aims, mind. It just means that day by day... I, would, I didn't, I didn't to... mean the children in Artemis. What I meant was just to point oh, out okay. to you that that concept, which I, I, I'm hoping that everyone listening is aware of this, but, the, you know, just in case, not, you know, some Wiccan accidentally, you know, listened to this thinking it was going to be fun and talking about Scott Cunningham is is actually listening that that part of that rule of three that you know it will come back threefold is you putting that in so when we talk about manifestation triangle etc and we talk about those kind of three parts that pathway that that we're talking about that kind of journey one that we would love to call intention but that's been ruined by the insta witches um that journey of how that spell travels if that part is in your consciousness so when you are designing spells you are thinking oh well i've got to make sure it doesn't harm anybody or it's going to come back at me you are giving permission Mm. to the universe to throw this shit back at you well you're asking for it literally Literally. (laughs) so anyway i just wanted to fit that back in carry on Here's here's a couple of interesting ones. We view divinity as both male and female in the form of the goddess and god. We extend this view of equality to our everyday lives. Okay. So that believes that okay. says they believe in a binary system. Bearing in mind most of the modern pagans these days like to live in a, a non-binary system in their actual sexuality, etc., and their gender. So, you know, it really doesn't mix very well with the people it's supposed to represent. But anyway, I'm on my soapbox now. Carry oh, on. I don't know. I think you could, you could, they would probably argue that one and say, we are all of the God and Goddess, therefore we all have differences. I might wake up one day being a man. I might make up one day being a woman. I might be somewhat in between somewhere, but it is still coming from the same two sources because there's always two sources to things. <laughs> in a binary system <laughs> but there we go um, what's the next one this is this is interesting we view magic as an intrinsic part of this world obviously never mind the other world they don't have magic <laughs> um and and uh world a completely natural and neutral force if that's the case, then why are you talking about the Wiccan Reed if it's neutral? Exactly. Surely that means that magic can be used for anything. Exactly. But they would argue right. that their intention is what makes that positive or negative, I suppose. Well, Chris, it is all about the intention. Of course. <laughs> oh, you've got to take a shot if I actually manage to find somewhere on this website it states <laughs> it's all about the intention or something similar, okay? Um... We never seek to convert others, only providing information and assistance if they actively seek it. Yes. 
Okay. But the information's only printed by Llewellyn. No, because <laughs> Children of Artemis magazine isn't printed by Llewellyn. It's someone with a um, one of those old photocopiers. <laughs> <laughs> someone works in an office, clearly, and they're using their staff pass <laughs> to print out a list of newspapers twice a year. <laughs> it's a glossy magazine, Liam. It is a glossy magazine. Yeah, that's just the cover, though. It's professionally printed. I don't know about the inside. I've not seen the inside. Yes, they're professionally printed. And a lot of it can be seen online, I would imagine, as well. Um, We view Wicca and witchcraft as one spiritual path chosen by some. Other religions are equally valid for those that choose them. Hence, we always attempt to practice tolerance to others' beliefs. Maybe it isn't like some of these vegans that I've uh, been finding a lot on the internet. Now, do you want to know what the benefits are of joining the Children of Artemis? Go on, try and convince me. I know you do. Well, you get a copy of the Children of Artemis Wicca slash Witchcraft information pack. I don't know if it's packed full of information because I'm not a member, so I don't know what comes with it. Members will receive our Witchcraft and Wicca magazine, of course, twice a year. It's issued at Beltane and Samhain. Samhain. To the insiders. Um... Members will receive our Witchcraft Times newsletter, giving information on Wicca slash Witchcraft, forthcoming events, and news that are all relevant to the stuff that they sell, I mean do. Um, Access to our information service, answering your questions on Witchcraft and Wicca in the UK. We do regret that due to limited resources, we have a limit to this service. Of only four letters a year. So you can ask them questions, but only write them in four letters a year. I wonder if I wrote a really long letter that was 900 pages long. In fact, how how long is uh, volume one and two of one of Blavatsky's great work, Secret, Secret, Sacred Doctrine? Oh, wow. Is that technically classed as a letter? Or would that be because it arrives in a parcel? Would that be not really a letter, that's a parcel? got to fit in an a4 envelope to be a letter really yeah i think it's got it's well i think the royal mail would say it has to fit through a spot that's half an inch wide so you could have a a pamphlet on a micro sd card (laughs) and send that in the envelope (laughs) (laughs) um discount prices on occasional children of artemis events so and workshops so you don't even get them on everything i take it Um, All personal details you provide will be kept strictly confidential unless you specifically authorise their release. That's GDPR. Now, does any of this sound like the goddess Artemis? No. Right. So do you think they are the children of said Artemis? No. No? Do you think that we need to get them on Jerry Springer or on Jeremy Carr to have a DNA test? Possibly. Jerry, Jerry, Jerry. Um, yeah. I also think that maybe I should introduce them to Artemis. You know how I want to go and introduce... <laughs> you mean destroy Glastonbury <laughs> by doing a goddess workshop there? You wanted to flood the place again, didn't you? <laughs> Maybe maybe at next year's Witch Fest, I offer to do an Artemis healing arrangement and see how many survive. <laughs> I like that because they'll be thinking that they're the ones turning up for the healing, but actually you're going to heal the earth of this scum. <laughs> oh, dear. I, I miss the old Artemis. She used to be so vengeful. Right. So, cast your mind back, Chris. You haven't got to cast it too far. I'm going to ask you to stick to this lifetime. Okay. And can you remember this little old place that we went? It was a witchcraft festival. A festival for witches by witches. Yes. Can you remember going there, Chris? I do. I do. Can you tell us a little bit about what you remember of it? Uh, I've tried to scrub most of it from my memory. Um, 
lots of people in Iron Maiden t-shirts. Yeah. The occasional, the occasional cape. So obviously they do love a cape. Yeah. Um, I remember being bored to tears by Kay West. Kate West, the famous author. Yeah. She bored me to tears. Um, I, I spent that whole time trying to get you not to ask questions of Kate West. It was a question and answer session. I was perfectly <laughs> within my right to ask a question. <laughs> but I really thought that would not have been beneficial to anybody present, including Kate West. Um, <laughs> <laughs> because you seem to be struggling with the basic questions that were being asked. And I, I pretty much remember the man with the microphone doing the better answers than the author that was being questioned. But the main thing I remember from that session is her being sat up there in like, you know, what she would wear at home when nobody's looking at her. Um, as if she was at home in her sweatpants, just chilling, eating ice cream Chris. and Birkenstocks. Chris, when you, when you reach a certain size, when you reach a certain size, Chris, normal people clothes. You can't find ones that fit you, and they're most uncomfortable. At that point, you do really have to start wearing your bed sheets <laughs> to and from. Hey, that's sizeist excursion. You can't make those comments, Liam, uh, on an, on a show like this. We don't we don't accept such things. That's sizeist. Also, I've seen women a lot at that show that were a lot bigger than her and had better sense of clothing than she did. Bear in mind, people were coming to see her. You know, she was, he you know, one of the people that was supposedly headlining that event. Anyway, we did get to see my favourite person, which was the highlight of the day. Um, uh, Mr. Uh, Professor Ronald Hutton uh, talking about labyrinths. Yeah, that was really good. But that's because, you know, Prof Hutton is amazing. But didn't didn't you? Didn't you catch him in his car outside just sighing and going, oh, I've got to get another job afterwards? <laughs> Let's. Or did I just imagine that? I think you imagine that. But I think also oh, we need to... I, I do imagine him doing that. I imagine him turning out... Because, you know, academia, it doesn't pay very much, particularly in history. So... I do think that, you know, he kind of has to do his bit to make a little bit of money. You know, he's got a nice house in Clifton that he needs to keep up, you know, on the payments for. And you can't really blame him all that much for going out to try and meet the pagans, the great unwashed, as they're also known. Um, and, yeah, I think he did a reasonable job. I think that he chucked out a good... lecture about labyrinths which is something that he personally finds really interesting um did it teach the people there anything no but he's a big name pagan and a big name pagan author i should say so they were basically clinging on his every word now in terms of education there at that place they had workshops and the like did you learn anything chris <laughs> Oh, I knew you were going to do that. Um, yes, I also had forgotten about all of the wonderful workshops that were on all day long. Um, I, uh, I'm not sure you could call them workshops. Or maybe we just picked the wrong ones. Because obviously there were multiple going on at the no, same time. No, I'm pretty time. sure we went by the titles and the titles were the cool ones. Okay. They were sho they were shocking. They were particularly shocking. Bearing in mind, this is kind of like what you know a UK one of the UK events of the year, supposedly for witches. Like it's one of the biggest ones that happen, um, with yeah. the exception of kind of like the occult conferences that go on. So you know this is supposed to be a slightly more light-hearted, more interactive way of spending time with other witches. Um, and actually, it felt like more of a pride event than it did actually feel like a any kind of witchcraft conference. 
It was like if you took one of those Comic Cons and um, Star Wars ones, but you took all of the um, masks and capes and stuff like that off, and they just had to go in their um, what they go to bed in at night, and basically put them all in a room. I mean, there was no, and I mean none whatsoever, zero magical practice going on there. There was zero teaching going on there, and there was back-to-back -back essentially multiple workshops going on at any one time, lots of speakers and that. The whole thing disgusted me, yeah. if I'm honest. It was so bad that you... You could, it, I don't know if it's it is it, it's like that that thing where we talk about Llewellyn, right? You have to go out of your way, I think, to be that bad. I don't think you can actually do it accidentally. I think you have to deliberately go out of your way to 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 create something that fucking bad. I mean, this isn't a first ever thing. This isn't a first ever event. This is literally. It's been going for a long, long time. You have access to be able to get loads of cool people to come and actually teach a bunch of people that are supposed to be interested in witchcraft at least one thing. You know, there was nothing, absolutely nothing. Um, do we need to continue talking about this or should we actually talk about the Children of the Damned? <laughs> we, pro we probably should. Um, I just... I think we've been holding back this rant for a few years now, so I kind of feel like, you know, it was inevitable, really. But, um, you know, the the whole the whole point the whole point of this particular one is is supposed to give us an opportunity to talk about, you know, the modern interpretation, shall we say, um, of ancient practice. So, you know, it is the whole idea of this kind of witch fest is supposed to be about you bringing together a whole group of pagans obviously not all of them are necessarily going to practice witchcraft but at the same time you think most of them will practice something um and even from the kind of sellers that were there that had been attracted to it even that wasn't good enough you know, there was one or it two gems no statues most of it was yes there were two people there and one of them was selling knitted mandrakes. And we considered that a gem. It was a gem. They were good. <laughs> they were good. But when you have to say that the best thing about a witchcraft festival is that someone's selling fucking knitted <laughs> mandrake characters, it really does say something, doesn't it? Yeah. Because that was literally the highlight of the day, pretty much. That and the stall that was selling the... Um, oils and things. Well, put it this way: th they well, were that spectacular that Liam went. We went home, and and Liam actually paid to download a a, a knitting pattern, crochet pattern for a mandrake. Like this is this this is yeah. this is the person that doesn't knit crochet or do any kind of handicraft, um, and you turned around and actually decided to pay money. For a pattern that of a of a of a mandrake, so you know they were spectacular. But like Liam said, if that's what you take away from a whole day event that was not cheap, <laughs> was not cheap to go to. No, how much was it? Why didn't we? It was it's 60 about sixty quid, quid a ticket. Yeah, but you did get to meet Kate West. I did Chris. get to meet Kate West. Um. <laughs> and those bloody Birkenstocks. Anyway, um, <laughs> anyway, the whole point of all this twenty minutes of rambling uh, and ranting was to kind of talk about, you know, uh, festivals and kind of bringing that kind of modern paganism, uh, at least what you expect modern paganism to be. Bearing in mind we have access to more information than any other culture previously um, at the touch of our fingertips. And the best that they can come up is, um, you know, cloaks made of fake crushed velvet and iPads. Um, so, yes, yeah, so more about that, Liam. Well, they are damned, Chris. 
They are the children of the damned because within this great internet age, this great age of literally not really being needing to live in a cave and stuff or defend yourself on a day-to-day -day basis or anything like that that ancestors needed to, you can literally sit and eat Ben and Jerry's ice cream whilst watching fucking Carnation Street on television. In this day and age, in this day and age, when you have so much at your disposal to be able to push the forefront, the knowledge, your own knowledge, general knowledge, push magic, right? The practice of magic further. We are fucking damned. Because this, this is what a group of the greatest minds, apparently, in modern paganism can come up with. And they are children and they are damned. In fact, they're not just children. They're like the children that used to have to go to the special patchwork quilt room type children, Chris. As one of those children, I used to get dragged to that patchwork quilt room. I had to sit next to Jenny Salmon, who used to eat the copy decks, you know. I've been there, Chris. I've seen firsthand what it's like being there. And I've also been to this witch fest thing, and I've seen firsthand, and I do very much equate the two, I have to say. You're shaking your head. Why are you shaking your head? I'm shaking my head. Oh, this is supposed to go on the Patreon bit. Because this isn't supposed to go before <laughs> the shutdown. And also the fact that, you know, you know, be careful what you say these days. Um, some of that was not very politically correct, Liam. <laughs> well, well, we used to call it the patchwork quilt room because it had a padded wall that was made from patchwork quilt that the teachers made, right? It was called the patchwork quilt room. I can call it that. It was what it was called. It had a sticker on the fucking door that said patchwork quilt room is where all the slow kids went. And I was classed as one of the slow kids, Chris. I was classed as one of the slow kids. Chris... My year three teacher told me I was slow. And this one during sports day, because on sports day, actually, I always used to get gold, right? This one, like a sports physical activity thing. This was called, a, this was some sort of, she was talking about my mathematics and my English and my science, Chris. And she said I was slow and I needed to go in the special room with the slow kids, right? So I feel, much like I'm an alphabet person, so I'm allowed to take the piss out of alphabet people, because I'm on some sort of spectrum, you know, and I'm talking about my people here, the people that struggle with everyday life, you know. We struggle with our ABCs and our 125s, 123s, and our 9-till-5s, and all of that, right? As one of those people, I have to say, I think I'm allowed to, you know, because this is a comedy show, of course, <laughs> and as you all know, any comedian gets a free pass at taking a piss out of themselves. <laughs> okay, I'll let you off. I'll let you off. Okay. That's fine. <laughs> Right, so obviously what we're going to have to do is we're probably going to have to, like, cut the majority of this out. So it's going to be one of those roundy-roundy, upside-downy um, things where the people that listen on Patreon think this is the beginning of the podcast. <laughs> In reality, is not the beginning of the podcast. This is actually the Patreon a special version of the Patreon podcast and we're actually going to now have to do the real life one this happens every day uh every day this happens every day in my life but this happens every now and then when chris deliberately tries to wind me up and set me off and say things that need to be edited out <laughs> i think you all know that that's not the case the wind-up merchant is the robot um get on with it Right, so, have you got anything else to get off your chest, Chris? Because now is the fucking time. 
No, it's fine. You can do... We can go into... Uh, these topsy-turvy ones blow my mind. So, you know, good luck with this, is all I'm going to say. Okay, all right. Well, I'd like to get something off my chest. Children aren't miss are an absolute fucking bunch of idiots. Hello, and welcome to the No Horse Barred Witchcraft <laughs> Podcast. Now... I've heard about these people called the Children of Artemis, Chris. They ran one of the events that we went to. I don't know if you remember. Um, Witch Fest? Yes, yeah. Witch Fest. How did you think that went? <laughs> oh, now I have to behave. And that says it all. He's basically laughing I... at it. He's basically laughing at the entire event. I can't help it. <laughs> I can't help it. It was hard going. We struggled. It was hard going. We struggled. Did you struggle to stay awake? I struggled to stay anywhere. We kept going out for breaks. Okay. Do you remember? We went outside to get we air because we couldn't cope. Yeah. And that's these were in before the days of my special, my special stone, my amulet for absorbing all the the Wiccan bullshit. There was me thinking that it was just the pagan smell that you were trying to get rid of. <laughs> Patchouli does get to you after a while. Well, there's the patchouli and then there's the other, oh, you know, the general BL. The body odour. <laughs> yes, some say pagan smell. That's not true. That's neo-pagan, so you need to get that right. <laughs> Oh, I, I... Do you know what the difference between a neo-pagan is and a normal pagan? Do you know what, what why there is a distinction? Why there's such a thing as a neo-pagan? You're the historian. You should know this. <laughs> oh, okay. You want a real answer? Okay. Neo means new. I want a real answer, yeah. Neo means new, Liam. New means new. Does it mean new? I thought it meant almost. No. As in almost pagan, <laughs> but not quite. No. Neo means no? new. Like, new like you have the Neolithic, it's the New Stone Age. Ah, uh, okay. So this is the new time of the pagans. So, so, so why is it, Chris, because I misunderstand this, why is it that a lot of people say that neo-pagan is used as an insult to mean not really pagan at all, not quite pagan. Like Diet Coke is not really Coke. It don't taste anywhere near as good. It's not It's not used in that way, except by people elitist like you. Neo-pagans used because oh. to make the clear distinction between the fact that these are new pagans, it has a new okay. revivalist process. This is the... Re revivalist? Yeah, this is the reconstructionist... Oh versions of pagans. I know revivalists. So, cause, I know revivalists. I've been to revivalists. Because obviously the original of... version of the pagans are the pagans. So what the Romans called the country bumpkins, the pagans. Yes. So people yes. that didn't follow um, Christian belief. Yeah. So this is late Roman, Byzantine, Constantine. So they're separating the fact that they're right. not the original pagans. They are new pagans. They have okay. rediscovered. So neo-pagan is, neo is not an insult then? No, just when you use it. Okay, right. So, are there any pagan pagans still in existence, Chris, do you think? Well, there are people that want to be them. And I suppose... Right, okay, because that's, that's, that's not really the same, is it? They'd be neo-pagans, They're neo-pagans. But the, right. there are cultures in the world that are not Christian. But to use the word okay. pagan to describe them would be wrong. Because it's not it's okay. not a current term that you could use. Okay. So really, anybody that calls themselves a pagan is technically a neo-pagan. Technically. Yes. Because you can't really use the word pagan to describe you because the term would be outside of time. Um, it's not a current term. So what they're actually doing is okay. is reviving it. So really, 
all pagans are neo-pagans. Okay. This is learning a lot. I'm learning a lot. You here. you only make what the I distinction. What I thought was an insult. <laughs> what what I thought was an insult. I realise now why I can get away with it. <laughs> because technically it's not an insult, Chris. Am I right? Technically it's not an insult. Because technically they're all neo-pagans. Um, yes, they are a bunch of neo-pagans. So, children of the damned. That's what I might start calling them. Okay. 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 Because, let's be fair, they are pretty much all damned. If they're going about doing the same old shit year after year, week after week, which really ain't a lot, they're kind of damned. So, with the children of the damned, is that okay to refer to the idiots of the neo-pagan community? as children of the dam and just refer to what would we call the people that are actually trying to put actual effort in pagans well i suppose recreationalists yeah so they they tend to be the recreationists so they they're people that are trying to relive as accurately as possible practices that previously existed so they're recreationists so the Wiccans, which that category did they fall into? Because I can't remember Wicca being a thing in the lifetimes I've had previously. So what is Wicca trying to recreate? Well, Wicca is trying to recreate real witches. So the word, the word is coming from that. It's the that that Wicca and Wicca, you know, some Celtic word or something that they try and link it to. Um, in order to kind of suggest oh. that that is a new, but they are all reaching back to the same thing, which is Gerald Gardner and his cronies. Right. So obviously these Wiccans, because they're trying to recreate old witchcraft, and of course we all know that the origins of witchcraft is maleficent and baneful magic, don't we? we? Do. So all these Wiccans, they must obviously be trying to be as maleficent and baneful and bad witches as possible, yeah? No. But but is not the origin of the word witchcraft kind of the, that shady kind of practice, that shady magic? Yes, but Gerald Gardner and his cronies tried to change that. Right, with that, so they're trying to with the Wiccan recreate something. They're trying to recreate something by completely fucking changing it all together and making something completely new. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Okay. This is why paganism confuses me, Chris. <laughs> but you have to you have to be clear about the two separately. If you're being specific, then you have to consider them separately. The same way that there are multiple avenues for Wicca. You know, you have those that are the kind of recreationists, those that are trying to forge a new version of Wicca that is devoid of people like Gardner, um, that think they're pushing new boundaries within the, what they call Wicca. So rather than actually recreating witchcraft, what they're doing is recreating Wicca. Um, but, but, but Chris, there's on YouTube a high priest, a high priest, not just a general priest, a high priest, of this tradition of witchcraft called Alexandrian witchcraft that says if you ain't Wiccan and you can't trace your lineage back to Gerald Gardner or Alexander's that you're not a witch because they are the witches and that it's a fertility mystery cult and that you can't be a witch if you're not Wiccan yes but they're wrong um, right, but they've written books, Chris. That's fine. Anybody can print a book these days. You've done it. You've done several. I've written five books. <laughs> <laughs> and that's not a lie. And when I say I've written, I've actually published five <laughs> books that you could actually buy from Amazon. Um, okay, so 
I've never gone into this. I, the whole thing, it all seems very political to me. I like to just stick to the practical magic, right? Practical magic is very much my department. My favourite movie. I don't care much for the politics. And I don't care much for the words and this and that and the other. I tend to use the term professional witch because, and many people will say cunning man, all that sort of stuff. I don't really care about that. At the end of the day, for me, magic, practical applications of magic and learning more about it and facilitating other people's learning when it comes to magic, that's more my kind of thing. All of this religious stuff of the children of the damned, this is where I can you know, you've kind of got a you've got a sit down with your uh, with your uh, peers, they say, and and kind of look at them, look at you, look at your magical practice, look at theirs, and then kind of see what what similarities you have in order to have a conversation. And I I kind of try and talk to various people like this um, that fall into this kind of a category, and you talk a little bit about your ethics, your morality. They talk about theirs. They talk about, I talk about my magical practice. They don't talk about theirs because they haven't got none, right? So can we talk about the religion of neo-paganism and paganism and then the magical practice associated with it? Because there is a kind of general idea, I think, in the 20th century, certainly with the, in, the pagan moots and that sort of thing, that is very much seen as Pagan equals magic, you know? Yeah. Pagan equals witch, pagan equals this, pagan equals that. And it really doesn't, does no. it? If you're wanting to learn magic and go on a magical path, often the worst place you could go is to some sort of pagan ritual. Yeah. So the so the problem you've got is all the words, as they've tried to rec- you know reclaim them, because it is it is one of those pagan is a reclaimed word um so there is that part of the the tricky that comes with that so you know thanks to the likes of gerald gardner and the other other kind of wiccan aristocracy back then um as kind of as kind of allowed there to be a mixing of terms and this kind of religious aspect so first of all we're clearing up the fact we're not talking about um there are lots of pagans that aren't wouldn't consider themselves to be religious um one because the word religion kind of leans towards uh, organized and there is very little organized about it and it's it's dogmatic mm. there isn't a set text for paganism so other you know people would not like the use of the word religion anyway for our purposes what we're talking about is the kind of religious like version of it so the calendar of the year the sabbaths the 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 changing of the of the seasons the reverence that comes with that the worshipping of a particular pay uh um pantheon or if it happens to be wiccan and you know that is different that you know you have your representational masculine feminine deities so to kind of, I've kind of glossed all over that as one, just to kind of clear the point that, you know, we're not attacking the specifics. We're talking about the concept of that and how that balance with practical magic comes in. Uh, again, favourite movie, but carry on. Um, so the the actual bit that we struggle with, I think, uh, when you have these conversations at places like Pagan Moots or things like Witchfest, um you are hoping that you're going to arrive at a group with a group of people that are practicing witches. Um, and actually, I think a large proportion of them aren't. And I think part of that is by design. But I think too many people conflate the two. And people will say they're witches when they're not really witches. Uh, what they are is pagans who might hold some kind of religion, you know, events or have an altar or something like that that kind of equates to them in this kind of post instagram world where having those particular items makes it witchy and therefore they are witches 
I think to actually really claim the title of which, you need to be practising. And by that, I mean more than observing the season changes. So the wheel of the year, you know, just because you you do some affirmations on the, the full moon does not really make you a witch, in my opinion. I don't know if you would agree with this, Liam, but is that it takes a bit more than, you know, having your, your you know, dream journal and and kind of watching the seasons change making the odd potion and by that I mean tea um, and calling that practice you know I find the real use of the word which for me is a it's a, it's a lifestyle um, all-encompassing practice it's part of everything you do but you may argue against that but that's that's your choice Liam When I look at paganism and pagan ritual and neo-paganism and whatever the fuck is in this century that we're living in currently, um, I see a bunch of people worshipping and giving their energy to, very often a fucking egregore, uh, some spirit of some description. And feeling empowered that they're doing that, but they're not giving it to the other spirit that happens to be associated with the other church or whatever it is down the road. In i.e. I see people smug thinking, I praise the goddess and the goddess has my back. And that making them, you know, help them sleep better at night and giving all their energy to the goddess. Not really getting a huge amount fucking back, to be honest with you, apart from fibromyalgia. Yeah. Um, and lighting candles and the like. And kind of thinking that they're on a great magical quest and a magical journey and a magical path. And very often looking down on the people down the road in the faith healing church. There's a worship in Yahweh or something. Yeah. And there's more magic going on in the faith healing church than there is in the goddess center i, th I right. think that I, I... go on carry on sorry there is as i have uh experienced and got to know more and more and more people that call themselves pagan or neo-pagan there's a small minority and i do believe it's a minority of people that don't really worship there are people that they're on a magical journey, a magical quest, a magical path, and magic is a very important to that, an integral part of that. They're exploring, you know, trying to learn more, and they encounter great, powerful beings, spirits, whatever you want to call them, and they get on quite well with them, and they want to learn from them, and they try to develop a relationship with them. But very often what I don't see them doing is falling down on their knees and just giving them all of their energy and following them. I see them as them treating them like, you've gone to university, Crest, university professors, yeah. right? They're experts in their chosen fields and you go to learn from them. But this isn't baby witches crash, you know, this isn't. I'll burp you and I'll feed you your bottle and then put you to sleep. That's what I'm seeing neo-pagans, the majority, wanting. They're wanting some super deity to do everything for them, to tell them everything's going to be okay, and all they've got to do is light a bunch of candles and keep Llewellyn, the publishing company, in business by buying more and more and more shitty books that have been copy and pasted. But you've got to remember that... That's my opinion. That... So you can't sue me. There is the, you've got to remember, and I think this is what a lot of these people forget, is what they've really done is traded one, one subservience for another. They've they're in a yes. post-Christian world, you know, or a, you know, trying to be in a post-Christian world, where they've a fallen world <laughs> is what our Christian friends call it, Chris. 
they're trying they're trying to exist in a post Christian world where you know because they've made the choice of which deities they are are, are worshiping that somehow that is different. The actual behaviour is very much the same. They still have an altar. You can go find one of those in any church. You can go find the Christ, the um, the candles, and the altar cloth, and the incense, and the uh... which you bought <laughs> at an up inflated price from Etsy when the person that sold it on Etsy went and bought it from a Catholic supply shop. Exactly. Took a pentagram on it. Exactly. <laughs> you know, the church is still making its money off the pagan community. Um, but that's a side that's a side hustle. Um, you know, they probably water it down in some way before they go or, you know, spit on it or something. Um, but, you know, <laughs> the, the I think that's the bit that often gets kind of forgotten or purposefully ignored is the fact that really what you've done is traded one for the other they're exactly the same there is no difference the only difference is that you don't call it Yahweh um and you think that somehow and I think this is kind of relevant I think because we had talked particularly in the witchcraft live group there is a lot of you know hating on Yahweh at the moment um which i get purposely you know completely get um but really people should be checking their practice and making sure that they're not you know just trading in yahweh for for a different a different deity and doing exactly the same um i would hope none of the people on witchcraft okay. live would do such a thing but i think sometimes you need reminding that you know that's that's a specific kind of practice and you all seem to believe that you've left that behind um so the question is have you and are you sure um and probably you should check again <laughs> so the people with mummy issues do they gravitate towards yahweh worship and the people with daddy issues gravitate towards some sort of goddess <laughs> worship I, i'm not is that what tends to be the theme? <laughs> I'm I'm not giving it anything that specific. What I'm pointing out is more the fact that, you know, or just because there is now a female deity also included in your practice doesn't mean you stopped behaving in the same way as you did well, in no, the Christian church. Very often the ones that come from the Christian church don't go for duality. No. They go for... I'm going to worship a goddess now, and it's all about the goddess, but it's okay because there's a god and he's some sort of consort. <laughs> it's not really an equal kind of thing in terms of male mystery, female mystery, they come together. It is literally like goddess, 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 that bad god I don't worship in anymore because the in is old as this one that was invented in the 20th century. Yeah. That is a image of something that came long before that. Um... Yeah, it's, it is one of those things. Children of the Damned. The episode is called Children of the Damned because if you think about it, if you're damned, you're never actually moving. And you're stuck. You're stagnant, you know? If you crawl through hell to get to the other side, at least you're fucking moving, you know? If you can get to the other side then technically you are making some form of progress. If you're stagnant, you're not making progress. And the damned, the children of the damned, neo-pagans, the ones that are very much just trying to take their self-empowerment and just give it away. Because that's really what you're dealing with. You're talking about, I don't want to stand on my own two feet. I want to give the decision-making and the power over to someone or something else. These are the same sorts of people that get attracted to cults yes. at the end of the day. And I don't mean the classical type of cult. I mean the modern drink with Kool-Aid suicide pact type of cult. No. You do share my opinion? <laughs> I do. That's why I'm not <laughs> correcting you. But, you know, it's, it is it is trading one for the other. And I don't think they quite realise quite how similar they are. Um, 
and yes it is kind of culty but i don't i don't think that's the bit that i find the most damaging really because to them it's a reclaiming so i think i think to go back at, to the kind of neo-pagans again um it's a reclaiming so bearing in mind in the christian world they've been following this this pagan path like anyway because they were they were yeah. all renamed to begin with um in order to line up with uh, with the seasonal changes and to make sure the the conversion process from pagan um from pagan to christian um was designed in all this in in designed in this way to make sure that happened all they're doing is reverting and because they're reverting they've they've kind of lost what the original looked like so they're kind of doing their best to make it up um and then wondering why it still looks the same when actually the better way to do it would would probably be to scrap the system altogether and create a new one do things that were completely different not trying to recreate things of the past but find new ways to worship old deities was i don't feel that that's what's happening but the worship is the problem isn't the it? worship is the problem, the is the problem if you're going for the witch's life i think if you actually it's not worship you know it's work exactly with, a difference that's what they don't understand and that's the difference which is why I do feel that these a lot of these pagans can't call themselves witches because what they're actually doing is devotion work. And if all your practice is devotionary, you, you are a religious person practicing a religious task, not a witch. Um, a robot. So <laughs> I'm not going to go that far because I think that would be rude uh, because there's nothing wrong with that choice. If that's what you were looking for, what I don't feel that is actually happening is that you're practicing anything beyond religious devotion, um, regardless of, like I said. Uh, yeah, but I think I think that it, if masochism is your thing, then you should probably go and to one of those S and M bars, and then you get the real thing. You'll probably get more fulfillment out of that. So I don't know kind of go big or go home isn't it go all the way but that is that is your opinion liam and my point is saying that actually yes, it is my opinion if you want to go and be a religious person then go and be a religious person stop using the word witch that's what i have an issue with go and do whatever you like if you want to go and be a battery yeah. for for an egregore that is entirely your choice stop using the title that yeah, but... you don't deserve the 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 people in general though very often if you certainly if you look at christianity and that they think that they're worshiping the all bit powerful spirit and the all powerful spirit doesn't need the battery obviously a lot of the egregores do but that makes it even worse because you're giving yourself to do this because even though it doesn't need you right which obviously is just a ploy but I don't know. It's one of those things. I've always struggled with the term pagan. I don't like to describe myself as a pagan um, because I'm not because I'm not religious. I think same with you, isn't it? Look, I, I can't call myself pagan because I don't worship. Yeah. There is no worship in my practice. No, you're always ordering. I'm gods always the telling the gods what to do. <laughs> yeah, they work <laughs> for you. You don't work for them, Chris, isn't it? So, you know, when you get to be the consult... That you're always... You're, you're always telling those Celtic... Um, and I use the term Celtic loosely. Um, you're always telling those Mesopotamian spirits to respect their elders, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> but essentially, that's... I think that's the bit that I'm trying to steer you towards, Liam, is the fact that the two are different. It doesn't matter which camp you're in as long as you realize that's the camp you're in and you're happy staying in that camp 
if you want to come and actually do some real magic, then you need to stop calling yourself a pagan and start doing the work of a witch. Um, but if you're happy just being a pagan, then that's fine. Go and do that. And there we go. That is the end of this episode. So join us next week. Bye.